This is the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison. The music you're hearing in the background is the Ukrainian national anthem. It's not what we normally play here on the weekend wrap, but given the situation in Ukraine and Putin's bloody, illegal and immoral invasion of that democratic nation, I decided it was an appropriate anthem to open today's show. I hope that you will join with me in wishing a speedy and peaceful resolution to the situation. Of course, what's happening in Ukraine, along with the floods in Queensland, will be the focus of today's weekend wrap. A lot has happened since Van and I did the week on Wednesday this week. And normally, we like to focus on issues that relate directly to working people. Today's two stories will focus on issues that relate to working people, but not in terms of the workplace or economic policy, but the fact that working people are the people who suffer most in war. Working people, their children, are the ones who are sent to fight and die. Working people are turned against each other on the basis of nationalism and pride and greed to kill. Working people as civilians die in crossfire, random fire, accidents and brutal war crimes. And what we're seeing in Ukraine is a war of aggression conducted by a despot, a dictator, a man who has stolen the wealth of the Russian people, the citizens of the Russian Federation, consolidated it into his own hands and the hands of his own allies. Moscow has the fourth highest number of billionaires of any city in the world. A city that I've been to, where there are homeless people on every street, where unemployment is rampant, where COVID has now killed many, many people. The war in Ukraine, Putin's war, will impact working people. Not just in Ukraine and Russia, but around the world whether it's through increased fuel prices, as we're seeing in Australia, or the simple fear and uncertainty that many of Ukraine's neighbours will be feeling today. So I want to talk about the war. President Zelensky of Ukraine was warned that a Russian invasion was likely. We know that Putin assisted Trump, his puppet, in undermining the EU, NATO, the security of Ukraine. We know that Trump withheld military aid to Ukraine. We know that right now Tucker Carlson is being broadcast in US military bases because of an exclusive broadcast deal that Fox News has. We know that Meta and YouTube continue to broadcast Russian propaganda, the Russia Today channel, 
on its platforms. They argue that they've stopped the monetization of Russia today and that that will hurt the Russian oligarchs. I would argue that the point of Russia today has never been about monetization, but has been about propaganda and that allowing that propaganda to flow undermines the efforts of the democratic people of Ukraine to defend themselves in the public sphere and in the global community. President Zelensky of Ukraine is winning the propaganda war despite the years of investment and corruption and undermining that Putin has done in the West. Zelensky, a trained actor, has turned things on their head. A man who Putin refers to as a clown is making him look the fool. Zelensky refuses to flee Kiev. Putin clearly, from information that's come out today, expected Zelensky to flee. He was offered the opportunity. He said he would not leave the people of Ukraine. Putin clearly believed that Ukraine would collapse would surrender quickly, that some parts of Ukraine may even welcome his forces as liberators. That has not happened. Putin's air force has failed to gain control of the skies over Ukraine. The Ukrainian military has used its air power to destroy Russian columns and attack Russian positions. Russian armour has been seen burning, exploding, disabled, lost, and out of fuel. Putin is unable to fund a long war in Ukraine. People keep asking, where are the cluster bombs? Where are the long columns of tanks, the much vaunted Material superiority that Russia on paper has over Ukraine has yet to materialize. Some estimates suggest that only 30% of the Russian forces were committed in the initial offensives, that that has since increased to 50%, and that today, after meeting with oligarchs, Putin has demanded fresh offensives. Well, one of those offensives around Kharkiv was repelled. There's apparently one underway now that may have as many as 500 armoured vehicles, a combination of tanks and infantry fighting vehicles, surrounding Kiev. We know that civilians are dying. We also know that the civilian population of Ukraine is taking up arms, that people are volunteering to defend their homes that Molotov cocktails have essentially become a community activity. Meanwhile, the global community is responding. Today, Russia was cut off from the SWIFT international payment system. One of the things about consolidating so much of your wealth from the people into the hands of oligarchs is that it gives a very clear set of targets for sanctions. The sanctions are targeted at the oligarchs. Putin 
reportedly has some $620 billion in offshore accounts. As of today, he'll be unable to access that money. Money that he desperately will need for any kind of prolonged war. Some estimates suggest the war is costing $20 billion a day. And that if Putin is unable to come to a resolution within 10 days, he will not be able to supply fuel, ammunition, and equipment to his forces in the field. At the same time, Germany has agreed to allow France, the Netherlands, Lithuania, and other nations access through its territory to provide arms and supplies to Ukraine. We've seen the UK expel oligarchs, expel Putin's Aeroflot airline. We've seen the global football community turn against Russia, with countries refusing to play against Russia, with the Champions League final moved away from Russia. We've seen the Russian people take to the streets in Moscow and St. Petersburg and in cities across the Federation to protest against Putin's war. These protests have been met with brutality and arrests. And the question that every member of the Russian armed services needs to ask themselves is will they stand with the democratic people of Russia and Ukraine or will they try and murder Ukrainian President Zelensky, his family, his government, his citizens, alongside Chechen warlords, war criminals, and Putin yes-men. That's what is happening in Ukraine. And of course, we know that in the build-up to all of this, there was all the disinformation, all of the attempts to undermine the EU and NATO, the interference in the Brexit campaign, the wives of oligarchs taking out the wives of Tory MPs in the UK. We know that because they posted about it on Instagram, spending tens of thousands of pounds, effectively currying influence and favour. We know that all of that was done. We know that Tucker Carlson is right now on Fox News siding with Putin. We know that Fox News has an exclusive broadcast deal into military bases signed during the Trump administration. Every attempt has been made to weaken democracy, to weaken the foundations of the international order that has avoided a third world war since 1945. But what Putin has failed to understand is that his war has united the people of Europe, has united NATO in ways he could not have imagined 
Sweden and Finland are now talking about joining the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Discussions are underway to see if Ukraine's membership to the EU can be more rapidly processed. At the same time, the EU has announced it will ban Russian oligarchs and millionaires and billionaires from buying EU passports. There is now a spotlight, a focus on Russia, on its activities, on its puppets like Trump and Assange and Snowden and its apologists. I was shocked today to see some of the things that people have said in support of Putin. People who undermined the democratic processes of the US election, who undermined the sovereignty of the United Kingdom through the Brexit campaign. What these people are now harvesting was sown in those days. I also want to give a shout out, and I don't know if he'll ever hear it, but Misha Zielinski, National Assistant Secretary of the Australian Workers' Union, is currently in Kiev. He is sending reports through the mainstream media and through his Twitter feed, and we hope, Misha, that you are well, that you stay safe, and that you come home to Australia and are able to share a beer with us once again. To all the people of Ukraine, from myself, from Van, from the Week on Wednesday team, that's really just me, Van, and Germanicus, we wish you all the very best in your struggle against Putin's aggression and his unjust, illegal war in your country. Very briefly, I want to talk about the floods in Queensland. This is happening right here at home. In some parts of southeast Queensland, over 1,300 millimetres of rain has fallen in the last four days. There are over a 1,000 roads cut, 100 suburbs under threat, 20,000 properties damaged, and 100 calls for help an hour are being recorded. And of course, saddest of all, six people are reported to have drowned. Three in the Gympie region and three around Brisbane. There is likely to be more rain and more damage in southeast Queensland and into northern New South Wales over the coming days. If you're listening to the weekend wrap in Queensland or New South Wales, we have family members in those regions. I urge you to take the advice of the emergency services personnel. Remember, don't drive through water. Don't try and wade through water. Do try and stay in high ground. Do everything you can to protect yourselves, your loved ones, your neighbours. It's a terrible time. I have been lifted up 
by the images that people have shared on social media of the communities in those regions banding together, getting the walls of sandbags in place, getting those volunteers fed, making sure people can get some sleep, get some rest. It's likely going to be a very tough few days in those parts of Australia, that southeastern Queensland, northern New South Wales. Please do stay safe. The weekend wrap this week is really just focused on those two issues. The invasion of Ukraine by Putin's forces and the floods in Queensland. I want to thank everybody who has supported the week on Wednesday, the weekend wrap, myself and Van, over the last 18 months, particularly the last couple of months as we launched our supporter page, buymeacoffee.com slash week on Wednesday. People who have contacted us, we hope to do some more interviews this year. Uh, we do have a very full schedule, but we are trying to do more interviews. Uh, so do tune in to the weekend on Wednesday with Van and I this Wednesday. Obviously, we will talk more about domestic issues here at home this week. We may need to talk again about what's going on in Ukraine. I'm sure you understand. Remember, it is working people who ultimately bear the price and cost of war. As much as sanctions can be targeted, as much as weapons can be quote-unquote smart, it is the lives and livelihoods of working people that will be disrupted, damaged or destroyed. As always, I urge you to join your union. There have been strong statements by the International Trade Union Confederation, by Australian unions and by a number of individual unions here in Australia and around the world because working people have to stand together. War divides us and it serves no one's interests but the interests of oligarchs and dictators. So join your union, australianunions.org.au slash wow, and make sure that you stand together, that we can all stand together wherever we are around the world. So until Wednesday, and beyond. Remember to be kind to yourself and to each other.